A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. It's the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group. Pop quiz on today's show. Can you get an A+. Now, don't dread this as much as you hated hearing those words when you were a kid. You know, pop quiz, everybody, oh no, put books away, get your pencils out. No, no. Uh, We're assessing retirement preparedness, putting that under the microscope on today's show with five critical questions to which you need to know the answers. And I bet our listeners, if they are have been a good listener to the Retirement Toolbox. They will do well on this quiz, as will you, Scott. I think you will have no problem with these questions. Uh, You ready to go for a fun quiz today? I am. And, you know, I have high expectations our listeners are going to do very well. Yeah, I mean, I think this will be a pretty good test as, you know, we've had a lot of episodes of the Retirement Toolbox. And if you've listened to, you know, even a handful of those episodes, and especially if you've listened to, let's say, a couple dozen episodes, I'm expecting our listeners to probably get high marks on this. So even if this information seems basic, you should listen and take the quiz with us so that you can see if you're truly well prepared for retirement. So this will be a good primer, I think, for a lot of folks. Yeah, I think a lot of people may think they know, but they'll realize that maybe they know less than they think they knew. Yep, that's a great point. So you'll either say, hmm, I didn't do so hot on that. Maybe I should give Scott a call. Or you'll say, man, I did great on that. Scott's really educated me very well over over the uh, years of hosting this show. So either way, you're going to get some credit and uh, you're going to be kind of the, the, the driving force here, Scott, which should be exciting. Well, you know what? With with five women in my house, I usually don't get the credit, so I'll take it when I can get it. That's the real reason he does the podcast, folks. Just getting <laughs> getting that break, getting a little spotlight. Hey, nobody can blame you for that, Scott. No worries. <laughs> All right, so let's dive in. We've got five good questions here. Oh, by the way, we've got a question from Johnny, too, that we'll get at the end of today's show. And he says, I'll just read the first sentence. I have a weird situation. All right, so that's the, that's the beginning of Johnny's question. I have a weird situation, so stay tuned for that. Is it truly that weird? Hmm, that'll be the question that we get to. All right, but first, the pop quiz, so let's get into it here. Here's the first one for let's you, Scott. At what age should people start saving for retirement? Is it A, when you begin working, B, after you buy your first home, or C, when you've paid off all your debts? Well, the answer to this one is A. As soon as possible, you should start saving for your retirement. My daughters just graduated college, started their first real jobs now, and sat down with them, and I told them that they need to start putting money into their retirement plan. They need to start building it. And of course, you know, me being the very tax-oriented financial advisor, I said they should do Roth so that that money is going to be tax-free for them later on because I really believe taxes will be a lot higher when they get to retirement. But it's all about that power of tax deferral and compounded growth. If you can continue to have that, you know, that money compounding and growing and growing and adding to it by dollar cost averaging and saving money, 
it's going to build up sooner and faster and you're going to have more money than you will believe possible. So earlier, the better when it comes to starting to save for retirement. Well, that's uh, good to know and helpful. So no matter what age you are, you get that job started, boom, start socking away some dollars. Not a bad way to do it. Try to think what were some of my earliest dollars saved into retirement, Scott. I don't think I started at 16. I think I got, my grandmother gave me an IRA, a Roth IRA, as a Mm -hmm. high school graduation gift. Okay. And I think that's when I started saving for retirement. So I started putting a little bit of my paycheck away into the Roth IRA once mm-hmm. I once once that was established, so well, pretty, hey, that was cool. that was that was that was early enough, though. That Still was, not too bad. Yeah, most yeah. Mo, you know most people don't get that far. I, I would have started wait. earlier, I think, if I had been in a company that did like automatic investing or something like that. But right, uh, when you're working at 16, at some point you're kind of like, yeah, this is this is fun money at, at that age. Yeah, at um, 16, it's beer saving in your Roth. Yeah, there you uh, go. Uh, actually, mine was car money. I use I use my life savings to buy my first car. So, although that okay. I I barely started working at that point because I had just turned sixteen. So that was more, I guess, birthday money over the years, and then a little bit of work money, and then boom, got my first car. So perfect. Started at zero, pretty pretty early on in the working career, but it's all good stuff. All right, I like that one. At what age should you start saving for retirement? A when you begin working. Hopefully our listeners are one for one. Uh, here's quiz question number two, Scott. Which of these is the best estimate of how much income you'll need in retirement? Is it A, 50% of your income, B, 85% of your income, C, 100% of your current income, or D, if you want the cop-out answer, none of the above? Well, I am going to give the cop-out answer. <laughs> because the, the reality is, is that it used to be that you, were, you would shoot for about 85% of what you were earning you would save that you would need to spend in retirement. With the idea being that you're, you're not traveling to work, your expenses go down. But the reality is that when you get to retirement, you're going to travel more. You're going to do more things. And everybody's situation's different. I'm not saying you need 100% of your current income, but everybody's situation is different. So when they come in to see me, one of the first things we do is we walk through kind of a budgeting exercise so we can get an idea of truly how much they need, not including health care or taxes. How much do they need to spend every month? And then I'll add in health care. I'll add in taxes so that we can get a true number of exactly how much that they need because everybody's so different. I have clients that come in and and they retire and they want to start traveling. Well, now they're spending a lot more money, you know, than they thought they were going to because of the travel. So that 85% thing was kind of a rule of thumb, but I don't stick with that anymore. It it is truly a individual decision and individual scenario for each and every person. So truly is going to be one of those it depends kinds of uh, yeah. kinds of answers. Okay, very good. We'll allow it, Scott. So D, none of the above. Hopefully our listeners were keen to that. I won't call it a trick question, but hopefully they were on board with you there with the none of the above response. All right, there's no uh, none of the above in this next one. So here's number three. Which of these do you find that retirees fear the most? Is it A, not leaving enough to the kids, B, running out of money, or C, needing nursing home care? By far, the overwhelming answer to this one is B, running out of money. Mm. 
When people come in, one of the first things they want to know is, are they going to be okay? What about if the market drops again, like it did you know, earlier this year, or the coronavirus, or 2008, and you know, the, they don't come back, the markets take a long time to come back. Am I going to be okay? Am I going to run out of money? What a lot of people don't realize is some of these other expenses in retirement too, whether it's healthcare costs or taxes, which happen to be the biggest expense someone has in their retirement. So, you know, by far the most thing that retirees fear the most when they come into our office is making sure that they don't run out of money. That's what they're afraid of. Mm, I like that. That is uh, really definitely a good one. I could see more people needing to be afraid of the nursing home care side of things, but uh, it kind of goes hand in hand, I guess, with the running out of money one. Like it's a, definitely a, the cousin of that one, right? Well, the nursing home has grown and grown as far as, as what things are most people are concerned of. But still, if you run out of money, you know, that is still the driver, right? That's the most important thing, making sure you're able to fund your lifestyle. If you go in a nursing home, we certainly need to make plans. And I, everybody that comes in my office, we have a plan for funding a nursing home. Uh, so we know that if that happens, you're still going to be okay. But that's kind of the backup to, you know, having money to live your lifestyle. Mm, I like that a lot. That's very helpful. All right, so doing pretty good so far on the quiz. Uh, three for three, you are, Scott. And we go to number four here. Woo-hoo. Which of these examples best represents a diversified retirement plan? Is it A, a 60% stock and 40% bond mix? Is it B, three rental homes in different neighborhoods along with a significant amount of cash in the bank? Or C, 10 to 12 different mutual funds? And I'll give you a cop-out answer of D, none of the above. And, of course, I go with the cop-out answer. Yeah, I guess right? I, that's not really a cop-out. This one's got legitimate reasons for being none of the above, right? But the question is, what what re- represents a diversified retirement plan? Not necessarily diversified investment portfolio. Mm. So, so, you know, my idea here is that, yes, you need to have a portfolio that's diversified, that you're going to have stocks and bonds and cash and you're going to have you know alternative investments and, and different things in there. But it's also, when you're talking a retirement plan, it's also a good idea to have different diversified income streams. So, you know, whether it's a rental property, so security, a pension, you know, that helps along with pulling money out of the diversified investment portfolio to help fund your retirement once you get there. And the other things too is to take into account are, estate planning is part of a retirement plan, making sure you've got your powers of attorney in place and things like that. So to me, a retirement plan is more than simply just the investment portfolio. So I think adding in all these different types of factors, that's why I went with D. That is a very good backup for your answer there, Scott. So good reasoning (laughs) on the none of the above. Well done, my friend. So, all right, we've gotten four great questions. Scott has had to defend his work on each of these, but has done a valiant job, and uh, he's not too mad at us for throwing him this pop quiz in his direction and making him defend these answers. (laughs) So we can get away with one more here. Uh, To make sure you don't run out of money in retirement, only withdraw blank percent from your portfolio each year. Is it 1%, 4%, 6%, or find a different strategy altogether. Well, guess what, Walter? D, find a different strategy altogether. This, see, if this was an actual quiz, this is where I would start talking myself out of the right answers because I'd go, oh, man, we've had like 
four D's in a row. So certainly <laughs> they would, the test makers wouldn't do that. So I'm going to change this one to C because yeah, they'd never do four in a row. Exactly. But I, in this case, I, there's been extensive research throughout the years on, on portfolio withdrawal rates. And, and, you know, it used to be somewhere between that four to 6% range. But what I, what I prefer to do is kind of have a dynamic withdrawal rate when I when I work with somebody. It starts right around 5%, so in the middle of that 6 or 4. But then what we do is we set different buckets up, and we set what are called guardrails. So if our portfolio climbs or, or goes down, you know, we give ourselves a raise if the portfolio goes up. But if it goes down, you know, we might trim our belts a little bit. And I'm not talking like major cuts, but you know, we might pull our withdrawal rate back a little bit in tighter years. But what we do, though, to, so that that doesn't happen is we have about five years worth of income kind of set aside in, in cash and in structured notes or whatever the case may be. So that we've got that cash set aside and we know we can kind of let the markets do their volatility. But we kind of set that withdrawal rate right around that 4-5%, but we'll look to change it a little bit as the markets grow or or don't. So uh, that it's kind of a combination between a few of these answers, but the strategy in itself is more of a dynamic rate around five. And, I, and study after study has shown that that works the best to make sure you don't outlive your money throughout retirement. All great points on these five questions, and I hope our listeners had some fun answering these as well. Did you get an A-plus on our retirement planning quiz? Well, if so, great job. Thanks for listening to the show, and uh, stay tuned for more great education and information. If you did not go five for five, and you may uncover through these questions some gaps, holes, some issues in your retirement plan, well, then that would be a great reason to reach out to Scott Searles and go through what your current plan looks like, see where it can be improved, and walk through the planning process with them. It's easy to do. You can set up a time to visit complimentary by going to talktoscott.com. That's a free consultation, talktoscott.com and schedule a time to meet right there. Or you can call 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. You can meet via Zoom or come into the office uh, where you know Scott serves you in the greater Cleveland area or set up a time to meet him in the Bradenton, Florida office. Scott's always looking for an excuse to pop down and uh, meet with clients there. So pretty frequent Mostly traveling. in the winter, though. Mostly, Mostly in the winter. Mostly in the winter, yeah. Yeah. A little too hot for you down there during the summer. To, it does get very warm in the summer. Just a little bit. If you're not on the water, it's 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 pretty sticky. So, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get in touch and have that conversation. You can also find all the uh, information to contact Scott in the description of today's show. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on the show today. And my question for you this week, Scott, what is your favorite cereal? Wow. Well, my favorite, favorite cereal goes back to when I was a kid. Okay. And Do you still would, currently eat this cereal? Or is it this, no, is, this was like I a kids-only cereal? Yeah, I feel too guilty now. Okay. Actually, I may have two favorite cereals. But Captain Crunch, not the one with the berries, just the regular old Captain Crunch I've always loved since I was a kid. Wow. And and I've occasionally had it. I usually get it on my frozen yogurt. You know, they have those little things you can put. I get Captain Crunch on there. Um, that's the only time I've had it in years. But my other one would be that I still eat to this day that I also ate when I was a kid. 
is Raisin Bran. Just plain old Raisin Bran. Plain Raisin Bran, really? Yeah, okay. Raisin Bran. Yep. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, I I can honestly tell you I've never had Raisin Bran, and I've never had Cap'n Crunch. You are missing out. I've never had either of those cereals. Uh, I didn't. I don't like marshmallows unless they're on s'mores. Okay. Otherwise, I won't. I won't really touch a marshmallow. So uh, no lucky or, charms for or, you. Or if they're on top of uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, oh, well, I thought Captain Crunch was s'mores or uh, marshmallows. Do they not have? No, no. It's just oh, a I'm thinking crunchy. of Lucky Charms. Okay. You're thinking of Lucky Charms. Yeah. What's Captain Crunch? What's in What's in Captain? Crunch? Well, it's just these little yellow. I don't even know what the flavor of them are. Um, but they're just, there's no marshmallows. It's just a little nuggets of goodness. Okay. Well, maybe I have to go try some Cap'n Crunch then. It's Looks worth like, it. Oh, they've got a version that's got berries in it. Uh, quote unquote berries. I'm guessing it's just yeah sweetened Flavor. colored corn, but yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I'll have to try some Cap'n Crunch. See how it is. Yeah. I don't know why I never had it growing up. Yeah. Huh. That was, that was my go-to. All right. Cap'n Crunch. I loved lots of cereals growing up. Um, Apple Jacks, so good. Apple Cinnamon mm-hmm. Cheerios, kind of in the same vein. Uh, every once in a while, I would go on a Fruit Loops kick. Rice Krispie Treats, couldn't beat. Um, just all sorts of all sorts of good stuff. I have to say, my favorite though was uh, Special K Chocolatey Delight. Really? Yeah. If you've never had it, it's kind of just like regular old corn flakes, I suppose. But it, or you know, Special K. But then they throw in these little chunks of chocolate, uh, and they're just crunchy and uh, really, really good. So, And then they well, kind of tend to float. Uh, they don't float, so they sink to the bottom. So at the end, you kind of just get the leftover milk with a bunch of chunks of chocolate that have floated to the bottom. So it's a nice finish to the, to wow. the cereal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking, when you said float, I kept thinking of those. What is it, alphabets that would float up and you try to make words out of them? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the soup, alphabet soup. You do that. Yeah. I think yeah. they had a cereal version like that, but then it, it would get do. soggy so quickly, the letters would get all distorted. Yeah. And I usually don't, you know, play with my food. I just eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> Every once in a while, you might. Usually. <laughs> love it. Uh, I still love cereal to this day. Could definitely eat a bowl of cereal for dinner very easily if my wife didn't give me the side eye and be like, really? You're having cereal for dinner? How old are you? Yeah. uh, It's good stuff. All right. That's getting to know Scott a little bit better on the show today. Now we get to know you. We've got a really good question here from Johnny. A weird one, apparently. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So Johnny says, I have a weird situation. I've been very aggressive about funding my IRAs and 401ks over the years. So I have close to $2 million in those accounts. But I'm only 54 and suddenly find myself needing cash for a major home repair that I didn't expect. And I feel poor because I have less than $5,000 in the bank because all of my money is tied up in retirement accounts. Should I just take money out of my IRA and eat the penalty that I'd have to pay for taking it out early. Well, Johnny, first of all, your situation is not that weird. Okay, so don't feel bad. It's very easily for people to accumulate too much money in their retirement plans because we've all been taught while you're saving, you keep throwing money in there, saving for retirement. And sometimes you kind of forget to save that nest egg money that you can kind of run and grab. I call roof blows off the house money. Uh, so it, it, it happens more commonly when you think. 
But now you're in this situation where you've got $2 million in those accounts. You're under age 59 and a half. So if you take any money out, you're going to have you have to pay taxes uh, on that money as well as a 10% penalty. So it starts getting pretty expensive to use that money. So I would tell you to look for alternative ways to use that money. If you're still working and you have 401k plan, though it's not my favorite thing to do, you could take a loan out of that 401k plan. And then you basically pay that loan back to yourself while you're still working. It comes out of your paycheck. You know, depending on how much you take out, maybe, you know, $150 a paycheck or something like that to pay it out uh, over time to pay that loan back. Now, the other thing you could look at is maybe have some sort of home equity loan or something like that to dip into that, the funds in, available in your house to just handle this one repair. Because I, I'm really not a fan of, like I said, taking that money out, paying the 10% penalty and paying the taxes. The other thing, to, though, to think about is going forward is maybe you should pause saving money in the retirement plan or reduce the amount you're saving in your retirement plan and take that extra money and start building up your non-retirement accounts. So start building up that nest egg. First, start putting that money in the bank. Uh, get three, four months of expenses saved in the bank and then move to start building maybe a brokerage account. Because when you get into retirement, you're going to want different types of taxable accounts anyway, because you don't want to have everything in your retirement account because then every dollar you spend is going to be taxable. So you want to have some of that money that's not in the retirement account. And then the money you are contributing in the retirement account from this point forward, you should probably think about investing in a Roth and building that money tax-free. So that's a good question, Johnny. I think it's just great to illustrate that, you know, that's not a weird situation. Lots of people have been in that similar boat before. So yeah, it makes you feel better, I think, a little bit, Johnny, there to know that you're not alone in that regard. And uh, anybody listening today, I'm sure we have some folks who might be in a similar spot. So there's some Absolutely. tips for how to handle that situation, Johnny. And if you need some additional help, you can always reach out and schedule that time to meet for a free consultation. Take a deeper look at everything in your financial plan. Go to talktoscott.com, and that goes for all of our listeners. Go to talktoscott.com to get in touch and schedule that time to visit, or you can call 888-742-0111. Scott, thanks for the great show today. Really appreciated the conversation, and we will look forward to doing it again with you in a couple of weeks. I hope all our students did well today. I think they did. I think they've got high marks. That would be, if I were to guess and place a bet, that's what I would say. So. There you go. Uh, if you did not, though, reach out to Scott, and you'll get five for five next time, I'm sure. Uh, you've been listening to the Retirement Toolbox. For Scott, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time. Go Guardians. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.